We're starting in three, two, one, let's roll. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Haywire Podcast, where we sit down, drink, and discuss anything and everything. I'm Leon, and I'm back this week, together with our second guest for the show, one of my very close friends, if not my best friend. Um, he also has a city nickname, uh, similarly to our previous guest, Amsterdam. And uh, please welcome Sasaram. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, um, firstly, I would like to say that how delighted I am to be enlisted in a enlisted. In, in a group of titans and... Uh, talking about drinks where is my drink <laughs> you can have water bro don't like you don't drink right okay this is a we are planning to make this the most halal podcast ever <laughs> uh, so it will be we can the maximum we can go up is green tea um for you like you probably have green tea and for me i'm having raspberry vodka because i feel like downing a shot today um i mean <laughs> downing a shot uh and that reminds me of sasaram because uh, lately uh, they have been facing a lot of floods really um, also to all the viewers who don't know much about sasaram uh, this is it's a very upcoming city in india <laughs> uh, metropolitan uh, very uh, heartthrob uh, a lot of celebrities live there including me uh, but fun aside <clears throat> Sasaram is a is a very uh, small town slash village in in the state of Bihar in India, and uh, it's very famous for um, the tomb of Shesha Suri, uh, which is he was one at one point uh, the emperor of India, mm. and a very successful one, but a very short tenure of five years, and I think that's a very good way to get into our talk today about short tenures in politics. Ah yes, I love that. I love that. Surely you're gonna be the next king of like Indians. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Uh, you chuck down that raspberry vodka for me, <laughs> dude. This, this raspberry vodka is always for you, bro. All right. Um, speaking of which, dude, I can't believe it's like September already. I'm like expecting the ease of restrictions like day by day. I can't wait to go out of my room after like 8 p.m. or something. Yeah, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I feel uh, this in 2020, and I think especially now that we're in September, um, this new uh, lockdown norm seems like, you know, that's how life was always. And, you know, staying in your room and, you know, putting on my pajama, like, instead of like looking at my outfits every day, you know, which shirt and which jeans to put on. <laughs> now I'm just looking at, uh, oh, I need to recycle my pajamas every day. Surely by the hoodies and stuff that they're advertising online. Oh, yes. I mean, that was uh, very good marketing. They almost eluded me into it, but then I'm like, you know what, no. You know, I'm a very sensible shopper. <laughs> <laughs> sure, from what I can see. History suggests. History suggests. It, it also seems like the number of cases has gone down quite a bit, isn't it? Like, we only got like about 60, 70 increases um in cases yesterday I think. yes that's true and i think um honestly uh, i feel like australia in general and um, especially victoria i think they've done a very good job mm. in sustaining the number of cases and of course you know they have very aggressively gone around and done testing for covid 19 and yes i think a few weeks ago when we reached under 100 you know that was a remarkable um <clears throat> milestone for everyone and everyone living in victoria and of course it really sucks you know you know being one of the only states which is really you know restricted and you know curfew and everything but uh, i think as 
you know as people living in victoria and in australia i think we need to look at the bigger picture right and uh, and to be honest i think we should be really proud at this moment you know the way everyone has gone about and you know especially those studying in universities you know those finishing universities and in middle of a pandemic and you know i think shout out to all of them they have done a remarkable job you know studying online studying in remote places and still managing to get work done and of course especially uh, <clears throat> to all those you know the frontline workers in victoria doctors nurses you know everyone who's been working the round the clock to make this seem easier big shout out to them isn't it <clears throat> absolutely um speaking of restrictions and stuff the victoria roadmap will be released tomorrow so mm-hmm. are we expecting anything well i think uh, there was apparently so called leak which i don't know if it was a plot to get the public excited about something <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah i think um, they're going to do it more systemat- systematically at this point i feel last time around uh, you know letting protest happen and you know letting afl and everything to continue um i think had a major impact you know getting all these second wave coming in and mm. actually it was worse than the first wave around uh, so i think with time this year i think the administration the daniel andrews administration in victoria has understood that you know they have to be really pragmatic and ease the restrictions closely i don't know what to expect um, honestly and i think i think they just I, what i remember was uh, they talked about the fact that i think if they have less than zero cases for two weeks that's when right. we're going to go into stage 2 which is actually pretty smart but if you look into it you know uh, as a pandemic or as any issue when it comes to diseases so far in my knowledge uh, the only two or three such diseases which have been eradicated from earth for real for real like 100% are smallpox and polio mm. and um, you know even after having vaccines for ebola and you know other diseases uh, <clears throat> the fact that you can say there are zero cases at any point for a prolonged period of time in the middle of a pandemic when there is no vaccination available It's hard and i think uh, that's where i think these so called administrators politicians bureaucrats need to look into uh, because i think <clears throat> they need to encourage people to get out mm. uh, normal life needs to be encouraged of course with social distancing of course with um, you know be pragmatic in the sense no uh where to go not to crowd around how many people should be going into public areas but i think a normal life should come back because definitely it's not only affecting uh the students or just the mental health of people i think it's just the livelihood um those who are trying to get into jo- the workforce are not finding jobs those who are in the workforce for years don't have a job um you know federal aid and you know the state aid can only help you so much you know you're draining resources um and at the same time what you're doing is you are spreading fear among the public but as a matter of fact you know if you look at quite a few other countries um such as india or us uh, mm. they pretty much opened their 
borders their borders at the same time life has gone back to normal they have understood that you know covid-19 is the new norm uh, until this vaccine out having said that you know i don't really um, support the whole idea of how they went about um, um, solving this issue and detaining the virus but at least they understand that you know a normal life needs to come back for the public for the economy and uh, especially in india in a country which is a third world country like india because i think more people are affected with corona than right. from corona and that's a big deal because um either you get affected and die because of corona or or else you die because there is no food on the table mm. and uh, that's what we're seeing right now and as a matter of fact you know in sustainable development goals you know goal number 2 which talks about uh, zero hunger it has shown that you know i think this year itself about 150 to 200 million people have been added to the list who are not able to adequately feed themselves and their family which is a very big number if you look at it and uh, it just takes back everyone way further you know from what we're trying to achieve as humanity and the goals we have i think that covid has brought upon a lot of societal issues like you said as well um with the hunger problems and 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 all and in the US actually they also had like a problem with um health cover health insurance oh yeah okay yeah, yeah. um approximately like according to a statistic that i saw mm-hmm. from this um article on abc news um about 150 million people um have employer sponsored health insurance oh okay and when covid happened about 32 million people um filed for unemployment which puts them in a risk of not having health insurance at all oh god um and with america being one of the countries with like the largest um health issues especially when the budget <coughs> they spend for health is like substantial um like the per capita healthcare spend it's alarming and mm-hmm. how they went about in handling the covid situation is not exactly ideal either um with you know mm-hmm. trump just calling it like um like a host and like he was downplaying the whole threat down to like a mere common mm-hmm. flu thing mm-hmm. back in february if you mm-hmm. remember yeah um and he was also like he dismantled the obama institute white house team in charge of like pandemic responses mm-hmm. um in early 2018 and basically like weakened their um entire infrastructure in handling it before <clears throat> um you know everything happened not to mention cdc he cut funding yeah. to cdc as well yeah yeah i think um, what you need to look at i think the, the idea behind coronavirus is very interesting because one way it is a disease is a pandemic but the other thing is is an export of china and uh, this has become interesting the most influential term you know where because china has gone back to a normal life they have pretty much got this under control i've also seen articles of uh, from bloomberg where they say that wuhan is back to like it's normal state yeah. of course people are still wearing masks and stuff but they're having this festival thing 
happening mm. over there yeah like absolutely like you know uh, i think they've pretty much forgotten or if not forgotten at least you know they have understood the lifestyle and uh, you know and i think um, this china export has been like upplayed by politicians across the world and especially in countries which opposed china's you know uh, policy and especially for example economic policy and the one belt initiative and that really includes us um, us us and then of course australia follows what us does you know um, as a big brother and then china's tension with countries like india and then of course japan on the side you know waiting to take any uh, advantage they can from the situation so i think uh, if you look at trump's philosophy i think he's a kind of man who doesn't like to back down even though he's wrong or right mm. and i think the fact that it came from china and he's just i believe you know um, you know i'm no expert in understanding political uh, psychology and you know trump psychology or whatever yep but if you look at it um, the way he deals with it is that he will not back down to anything that china poses and that includes a pandemic because that will show that he's scared and of course you know the general elections coming around 2020 he wants to show that he's a formidable side that you know he doesn't back down and that no matter what happens he keeps going even though you know such high delegatory members from the US Congress um including the royal family members a lot of them have been affected by coronavirus but he just wouldn't back down and at the same time giving uh, so called in his own term hose um recommendations like anti malaria and like you know disinfectant as uh, you know as a cure to this virus i mean that just shows you know how f- the gap between the reality and politics and how politicians are using this scenario to actually play it in their favor so basically leveraging essentially yes mm-hmm. they are very much leveraging this whole situ- situation you know they're downplaying china um australia is definitely you know going hard on china and its policies you know uh using this whole situation and like you know pushing for um a committee to be set up to you know inquire about coronavirus and how it all happened and you know was it leaked was it deliberate um and i think it's given a fantastic opportunity for western politicians especially to you know uh, upplay this whole against anti china policy mm. and uh, you know to weaken china as much as they can mm. in whatever way possible Speaking of like um the elections going back a little bit what do you think it's important for the next administration to focus on when the new um president take his turn um healthcare maybe I think uh, you know I think pandemic is like the new sexy word because you know if you look <laughs> back every every presidential in any country you know they have this so called slogan and that slogan is what you know they say that in the first 100 days you know i will work on this for example education some work on economy um for example in india uh, narendra modi said that you know he will bring economic prosperity across every strata of society but as a matter of fact the gdp has gone down by 23% mm. um you know 
Trump uh, said that he's going to bring business back to US, you know, uh, America first. So I think um, probably pandemic could be the new sexy slogan you know and i think that sexy slogan and uh, i think that's what uh, if you look at it all the premiers in australia are trying to use because the fact that they have restricted borders and even though the prime minister is calling out for opening up the borders now and calling mm-hmm. for the unification of the country and yep. setting up terms all these premiers are very stubborn uh, in opening up the borders because they know that elections will come around and if they can show that they had zero or less than 10 cases under their administration or oh, how will that play in their favor of, to get votes you know to show that we care about you that we you know we restricted other state members to come inside and at the same time uh, were able to give you aid i think if you look at it as a politician this is the perfect time for them to campaign without campaigning that's a really interesting concept campaign without campaigning can you elaborate further on that yeah so for example uh, let's say daniel andrews or oh actually let's just talk about i don't know the names um exactly but like the queensland premier mm-hmm. having a very good uh, debate with the western australian um, premier about uh, you know not opening up the borders to them and you know of course new south wales saying they won't open borders to victoria and the fact that uh, you know they can take these tough calls and uh, show that you know they care about you that's why they have taken these tough calls right uh, the f- and you know every day for example in victoria daniel andrew comes out every day talks about the number of cases which can be done by anyone in the administration can be done by any health department member but it's just that daniel andrew wants to show his face every day as a matter of fact you know now people have started to say that you know is dana andrew sexy that's a new movement <laughs> because every day you open youtube every day you open news you open twitter and there's an update from dana andrews and that's the first face you see and the last face you see before sleeping yeah exactly and that's literally it you know and then come next election you know dana andrew will be a very familiar face and at the end of the day you know we do tend to uh, side over people who are, we are more familiar with who we connect with and we know more about so that's what i mean by you know campaign without campaigning because right. that's such a good strategy to use to come out every day and talk and just engage with people and now as a matter of fact that everyone is looking at news you know every day every one yeah. is you know waiting for the updates and dan andrew is the guy who just comes and gives you numbers like a statistician you know like a mathematician which can be done by anyone to be as a matter of fact so pretty much yeah it goes yeah. back to the concept of leveraging doesn't it yes yes absolutely. um speaking of updates yeah um there was an article that was issued in news.com.au today where i just read about mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. um he said that looks like it looks like stage 4 will remain a little longer mm-hmm. um cuz essentially victoria's chief health officer said that the progress is still too slow for victoria and the curfew on lockdown mm-hmm. are expected to extend for several more weeks mm-hmm. um and daniel andrews also added to this by saying like to open up with those numbers it will see like the total number of cases explode um it will see many many hundreds or like thousands more victorians um getting infected by the virus itself yeah and i think it shows that um what 
going back to what you said earlier mm-hmm. as well, Daniel Andrews is kind of like the face for um, the pandemic news yes, right now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting to see, and like the, it's even more interesting when you said that they're like leveraging this um, to campaign for themselves in yeah. the next election. Mm-hmm. Um, then what do you think this means for Victoria moving forward? See, um, let's say the economy or local businesses. Mm, and stuff. See, I think um, the thing is, uh, if you look at Australia as a nation, you know, um, they have always been very strict when it came to uh, quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an island, you know. Of course, they have in the past they have been affected by the bubonic plague, and of course, after World War One, you know, a lot of uh, these soldiers that came back. So Australia has had a very good history and learning when it comes to pandemic and how to restrict it. Mm. And I think they have a very good national commonwealth commonwealth law which talks about uh, quarantine and isolation. As a matter of fact, it's been included in the constitution a few times. Right. As and uh, so, if as a leader he comes out hard and strong and says i'm gonna go ahead by six months or 12 months it actually works in his favor uh, because he can show that he matches to australia's past and that he's the future okay but at the same time you know uh, the situation can backfire at him because um i don't know the exact um, the exact uh, bylaws that were talked about the fact that he claims that he will increase it by 12 months yeah i was looking at that um, yeah because uh, it has to be passed by the parliament first Mm. and uh, at any point uh, if you know if the prime minister and the premier don't align in their vision when it comes to opening the economy opening the country let's say the Morrison administration takes away the federal funding right that will just put so much pressure on Victoria on top of that it's an education state Um, Mm. and you not opening up your borders means even local students would rather go to their own state universities international students will not fly in for the next year they've already not flown in this year yeah and that means loss of billions and billions of dollars for a state like victoria and, and that accompanies with um the sacking of employees as well yes yes and healthcare and um and other situations so it definitely is not looking good for andrew or his administration if they continue with it but having said that you know as uh, you know we, we need to be very logical citizens and we need to see that you know at the same time if for example let's say most of the population is overwhelmed by COVID-19 the hospitals are overflown by COVID-19 that also puts a lot of pressure on the health sector right and that and not only on the health sector it also put pressure on other areas of the hospital you know there is there are people who have other issues like diabetes and you know heart cardiovascular diseases which is which are which are the two biggest problems in australia at the moment um you know those departments are not taken care of because covid19 is like the new uh, it takes away all the attention and all the resources 
so i do understand his situation but i don't really think we're going to go into another 12 months hopefully we won't go into another 12 months of uh, restriction because that's not going to work crossed. for anyone and i think at the same time you know the scott morrison scott morrison i think about 2 weeks ago announced that australia is going to be one of the very first countries mm. to get the vaccination and i think if human trials come through and all the and they if they're successful in all the trials they're looking for I think hopefully coming this Christmas we will be in a very good position and I think the fact that uh, Australians are going to get all these vaccines for free um it of of course shows conf- confidence that you know they care about the people and, uh, yeah. and also shows that you know we all can move forward way ahead and you know pass the restriction and probably put this in the past and He never. did say yeah um the va- until the 12 week restriction no sorry the extension of the state emergency for another 12 months will mm. only be until like a mm. vaccine is developed right yeah and with what you said earlier about um australia being one of the first countries to reach like the development of the vaccine or like dis- mm-hmm. um you know distribute it yeah, to the people yeah yeah um i've actually been doing a couple of like um research on it as well mm-hmm. um seeing that you know University of Melbourne and the Murdoch Children's Research Institute are conducting mm-hmm. like a phase 3 trial mm-hmm. um of the vaccine. What's interesting is that they're using like a nearly 100 year tuberculosis vaccine mm-hmm. um which doesn't essentially like boost the body's non-specific immune response but it boosts the body's non-specific immune response mm-hmm. but it doesn't fight it mm-hmm. um directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See I think uh, when it comes to vaccination and immunization you know what you need to understand is if you look in the past vaccine development takes a long time and I think firstly kudos to everyone you know as a you know for the entire world that you know in matter of one year we are at a place where we can say we have a very tangible product which can be used in the market the issue with the past vaccines is that yes in lab situations in those conditions they show very promise results. promising results yeah how will they interact with the human body you know when they go in what's the efficacy what's the amount of dosage you need and more important than that even with the current vaccine in development we don't know that in coming 2 3 years what effect is going to have on the human body right so like long term effects of these yes, vaccinations and that's phase 4 and we don't know what's going to happen so right now maybe for short term we can say that yes you know you're immune to covid and to corona but long term will that work will that be good for you or for example like like uh, you know every year like any every influenza vaccine we need to take a new one every year you know um because it's going to mutate or is going to change or but so surely, we don't know about that surely like prevention is better than cure right yes and i think uh, for any disease you know not only corona for a more healthy society you know mm. prevention comes from normal hygiene practices right yeah so um, i think it's not only corona you know you're going you're going to save yourself from a lot of other diseases Yeah. And I think this pandemic should enforce those ideas back into the community, you know, that hygiene and cleanliness and the practices that were taken up by 
public restaurants and you know um, in public places um, it just shows that you know if we keep up keep those tracks up and if you keep our sleeves up and always know that you know uh, something like that can always happen we can prevent not only corona a lot of other diseases and uh, so yeah, i think yeah that's what i feel about it um and i guess that um the coronavirus essentially it is a good chance for the human race to reflect upon ourselves right yes uh, practices how we go about things um how are we dealing with this um pandemic mm-hmm. future pandemics mm-hmm. um and how we can like prepare our people and the economy to move forward during these difficult circumstances and i think um it's it's like a lesson for us yeah absolutely and i think uh, i think i'm i'm really glad you put that point up because what this pandemic has shown to every country you know be it a developed nation or a developing nation mm. us or any other country like india or any country or state in africa is that fundamentally our institutions have flaws and we as humanity need to come out of this in a much stronger way by actually reinforcing resourcing giving them enough resources and coming up with a new concept or a policy which actually keeps us ready for any future global issues right now if uh, the longest time you know we thought that we could look up to us for their medical services you know we thought nhs which is the english version mm. um we always looked up to those uh, departments and health uh, countries as like you know the leaders when it comes to research and health and providing the best services but they have clearly shown they that under these circumstances even the best of the best uh, don't stand a chance and that is not because we as humans or as humanity are not good enough when it comes to uh, medicine and the advancement of medicine is just the fact that we as you know as a community have failed to uh, un, you know to keep everyone's uh, to keep every person in a, uh, every person or every starter's requirements in mind you know mm. we never thought that you know if a situation like this occurs how will we provide aid you know how can we move more swiftly uh, in providing medical help do we have enough resources on on us on ourselves to you know provide medical help those who need it and cannot afford did they know that a pandemic will happen and people will lose jobs how were they ready for this i don't think any country was and that just shows that you know i think it's a good wake up call for us as a civilization to relook really into it more deeply and in the future problems will come but we should be better equipped to tackle it you know not because what this pandemic has clearly shown that you can pray as much as you want you can you know uh, sit as much as you want but nobody's coming to help you but yourself and we as humans right. have to look out for each other there's no other way around it there's always a learning curve to everything and i think mm-hmm. for covid like we understand that um about something about prevention mm-hmm. and more like allocating resources mm-hmm. at the right place in the right yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yep, and with that, it's the end of this episode. 
Um, be sure to follow us at the Haywires Podcast on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as Monash Radio, where we'll be doing um, live episode every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Um, Bro, to guys, 5 p.m. You guys are on Monash Radio as well? Yeah, we're on Monash Radio oh, now welcome. too. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's really good. Thank you. Um, yeah, so make sure you tune in to have a listen and maybe join us for a couple of um, afternoon drinks as well. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I think, you know, I would love another cup of green tea, which never came. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but having said that, uh, it, was, it has been a pleasure. Um, it was really good. I think the conversation we had today was quite uh, stimulating. <laughs> and, stimulating. Uh, and usually, I would like the viewers to know, you know, usually these conversations don't happen because, you know, we are busy with our own shenanigans. Oh, yes. Sasaram and I, yes. uh, during our uni times, we had a lot of fun shenanigans also, over yes, the time. absolutely and i think we're coming towards the end of it and we are becoming very mature responsible adults let's hope so and, <laughs> <laughs> and having said that can i can i do a shameless plug here uh, please yeah, uh, you know visit uh, after all this pandemic is over make sure you visit india and when you visit india make sure you visit sasaram you know i think i'm not i'm not sponsored no way i know shameless plug alert <laughs> if you ever if you ever come to sasaram let me know and uh, you know definitely uh, i will love to host anyone what happened to mature and responsible adult <laughs> <laughs> and yeah make sure you get all your flu shots before coming in exactly <laughs> responsible enough all right thanks for listening leon sasaram out yeah. peace thank you so much